Hello and welcome to the Taders Life podcast. Today I'm joined by my good friend Evie and we're going to be chatting about our eating disorders that we struggled with when we were growing up. This episode does need a trigger warning so there will be mentions of anxiety depression and eating disorders so if that is triggering for you at all i do recommend you try one of my other episodes but without further ado hello evie and welcome to the podcast hi thanks for having me thank you for being here it's going to be an intense episode i think what we're talking about isn't easy but i really really appreciate you joining me and raising awareness about eating disorders am i okay to just jump straight in and ask you a guns blazing question go for it how old were you when you went through eating disorder were you in school yeah so i was diagnosed when I was 14 so yeah I was in like year 10 but probably stuff started maybe like the year before that so probably like year 9 year 10. See when you say that that just seems so so young to be battling an eating disorder but I was a very similar age so I started going through my eating disorder when I was 14. It got really bad when I was 15 and then I had help and recovery when I was 16 so it's it's a long process and it's a really really difficult battle to go through when it's all it's all sort of in your head and you can't really tell anybody do you know what I mean yeah it, it's weird thinking about it now because now that I've done like work with kids and young people I'm like god that is so young like being 14 and stuff to go through things like that but I'm actually quite grateful um I don't know if you feel the same like like we've both said it's a long process but to have sort of like got it out of my system a bit a bit younger rather than be going through it as an adult which I think can be really difficult and a lot more difficult to get help as well. Yeah definitely it's a weird thing because I feel like a lot of people go through sort of eating disorders but they don't really realise it's an eating disorder until they reflect back on it like yeah a couple of like my friends and stuff when we were in school we would try and like I don't know how to say this without sounding like awful and I just wanted to say right now we're not promoting eating disorders at all we're just mentioning our story but we would try and count our calories and stuff throughout the day and who would get the least would win for like that sort of day which is really really triggering and it's really really harmful but we didn't know at the time that that was one thing that could be classed as an eating disorder calorie counting yeah I I had a really similar experience at school and I I don't know if it was the same for you but I I guess there was this sense of like coolness and like grown-upness to sort of dieting and I don't think we would actively be like promoting eating disorders amongst ourselves but the stuff like calorie counting or like missing meals or, or things like that I don't in my head I just kind of associated it with being like yeah like I'm cool and I'm grown up so me and all my friends do this cool and grown up thing and now I'm like what the fuck no you honestly when you said that I was nodding because it's so so true and I feel like growing up parents or mums in particular like the female figure in the household would kind of promote this whole diet culture it felt so normalized growing up like one of my foster parents she would always be mentioning how fat she was and I would look at her and she wouldn't be but she thought she wasn't it 
kind of did rub off like looking back because I was too young to be I don't know involved in that sort of conversation yeah definitely what kind of going back to the thing of like I'm glad I got it out my system a little bit like when I was younger is that now like when you are in spaces where everyone and like I think it's like seen as like a female bonding thing but everyone's talking about their diets and how much they hate their bodies and like da 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 and they don't recognize it as something that's disordered having gone through it quite young I'm just like I have no time for this I don't want to do this I don't want to engage and I think it's that kind of culture which gets trickled down but in a weird way I'm glad it did get as bad as it did for me because now I'm a bit more resilient to it I'd say. Now that you've mentioned that actually so did it get really really bad to the point that you were hospitalized? Yeah so basically I I don't think I recognized what I was doing as an eating disorder like you say because my friends were doing the same things and then after a while my parents got quite concerned and then took me to uh, a doctor about it and then I was like referred to like CAMS uh, which is like children's mental health and then I was with them for a little bit outpatient and then I went to an inpatient unit for a month or so um, and then yeah that was actually really good I know a lot of people have bad experiences there in those kind of inpatient facilities but it really like saved me I think and saved mine and my parents relationship because it kind of took the pressure off being at home uh, when you're sort of like that ill so that was kind of my trajectory I suppose. I actually was in cams as well so it's it's funny you say that we were both at the same so, so we kind of been through exactly the sort of same journey in a weird way and um When you mentioned your parents, I just remember at the time, my foster parents just didn't know how to deal with the situation because it's it's a really, really difficult thing when you're fighting something that's in your mind and you're like, I just can't, I can't put it in my body no matter how long I sit at this table, no matter how much you try and force me to eat it, I can't. And it's really, really hard for people if they haven't gone through it for one and for two, if they're having to deal with the people who are ill when we don't realise that it's an illness. So how did your parents sort of deal with the fact that you had an eating disorder? Did they recognise it after like a long course of time or was it little acts that you were doing like avoiding having like sweet things or avoid having certain things so they pick it up in that sort of way yeah um it's really interesting because the reason that I ended up going to the doctors is because I used to like lie about where I'd been in the evening purely to like avoid meals so I'd be like oh I had dinner at this friend's or I da 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 and I think then eventually my parents found out or they were like suspicious and it was more about that that made them concerned I think I don't think the diagnosis kind of was a surprise I think they just kind of thought oh this is this annoying dieting thing that her and all of her friends are doing and they're all sort of rubbing off on each other and making it worse and I think it wasn't until like I got the diagnosis that it was like oh shit okay this is quite serious but then all credit to them they were like really really supportive from that point I was never made to like doubt 
anything but I'd be interested to hear about your experience but it's just I think your guardians or whoever's looking after you has to somehow become a mental health professional with like no training or anything and that's just never gonna work and it 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 was really really difficult because like you say you just have this thing in you where you're like I physically can't do that and therefore you like lash out at the people that are making you and when you're really in it it's hard to acknowledge that it's this disease that's making things difficult and more you sort of project it onto the people around you who are making you eat or making you do things that you you don't want to do which for me was my parents which is why I think it took a lot of the pressure off when I uh, went to an inpatient unit instead. Yeah, honestly, when I th- I never went into an inpatient um, place because I kept on moving foster placements so that it maybe in the long term it would have been better if I just went into the hospital, stayed there for like a little while until I got better and then moved because foster placements at the time many of them just couldn't understand and I think one of the main catalysts for one of my breakdowns well I say breakdown like the foster placement breakdown was because I had an eating disorder because there's so much pressure on your parents and guardians when you're going through this to make sure that you know you are eating and you are receiving all of the help and support. I remember I wasn't allowed so I went through um bulimia and then i was anorexic from my uh, initially making myself go sick so i wasn't allowed to the toilet or anything half an hour to 40 minutes after i've eaten anything so Mm. it was a lot of being kind of shoulder to shoulder with your foster parents or if you're in school i had to eat in the bloody principal's office because there was there had to be somebody there all the time and it's just crazy thinking back because you don't realize how big of a deal it is do you know what I mean and I think the fact that we went through it at similar ages as well you kind of become a baby like you become a child when you're in recovery you have to have so much supervision and for me because of this like eating plan I was on my eating was scheduled like every two to three hours in in recovery for anyone that doesn't know I think a big part of eating disorder recovery is you are or it was in cams is you're given a sort of eating plan to follow and then it becomes sort of your guardian's job to ensure that you're sticking to that and you're gaining weight and all this kind of stuff so it essentially meant that every two to three hours I'd need some kind of supervision um And when you're like 14, 15 and you want to, you know, go out with your mates or maybe go to a party for the first time and all of this kind of stuff of growing up, it threw this massive kind of block in there. And so as much as I was pushing against my parents because of the eating disorder, I think a big part of it as well was also me just trying to grow up and and pull away from them. And I think it's something that we've spoken about that it's a shame that I didn't get that period of my life where normally your parents would kind of start backing off and all your guardians or or giving you a bit more freedom it was it that came at a point where suddenly I was like 
seven again and they had to be with me all the time yeah honestly you've hit the nail on the head that because I was on the same plan where you have like little meals throughout the day type thing it takes up so much time it's crazy because you you fully have to plan out your day to every minute do you know what I mean because you're like well we need to be back for this time to make sure that you can have food for this time and then um we'll have to watch tv and I'm not allowed to go for a walk or anything like that takes up so much time and um yeah when you say like going back to being a child that's exactly what it is because you just need that supervision at all times and then I don't know if it was the same for you Evie but I I'm not an angry person but but I became really angry because yeah oh my god same (laughs) I'd love to hear your experiences but um yeah I just got so angry at everything because for one didn't understand what I was going through and for two I thought even though my foster parents were trying to help me I didn't see it as hell so I was like why are you like making me eat my food why are you sitting down with me I'm an adult I'm gonna be like 16 next year and I was like really quite like arsy about the whole situation because I just didn't understand that they were trying to help me I genuinely thought that they were wanting to like ruin my life because that's what it felt like when you're when you're so young that's what it does feel like yeah because you've got this kind of balance of like normal teenage hormones where you're like you're ruining my life like anyway and then your brain is kind of messed up one because it's been starved and your brain just doesn't actually work when you don't have nutrition um yeah and then to just like you know how a mental illness kind of changes your perceptions of things anyway I was just wanted to like ask you a bit about like the the stuff you were saying about being angry because I find it really really fascinating that a lot of the people that are susceptible to eating disorders have quite similar personality types um yeah. <laughs> like often like driven quite ambitious quite perfectionist and for me anyway always had been quite like a people pleaser or you yeah, know want right. to do, you want to do well at school you want to like achieve and suddenly I had this thing which meant that I could be like angry and I could like smash plates and I could do like shout at people and do all this stuff which I I'd never done and I don't know like it's interesting like how those two things kind of correlate of you suddenly have this like anger which is 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 rough because it's come along with an eating disorder but also a bit of me is like well maybe needed that space to be a bit angry yeah I I don't think you're wrong in saying that at all I think all of the traits that you mentioned then I I I can see in you when we meet and I know for a fact that I have those traits as well and yeah at the at the time it was I fed off people like complimenting my body so I was going through an eating disorder but in school a lot of the other girls were kind of going through an eating disorder as well so they would say oh you're looking really really good today and I'm like oh well I haven't eaten in three days but I wouldn't say that but I would think that and I'd be like really oh I'm thinking I'm looking a little bit podgy and all of this stuff even though I know for a fact that like there's no way I can be a little bit podgy when there's like 
just skin and bone on my body do you know what I mean but it was like the desire to want to look the best want to be the best and at the time and it's not the case now I thought to be the best I had to be the skinniest do you know what I mean I had to yeah it was really weird because I remember Kate Moss and she said nothing tastes as good as being skinny (laughs) food was that was that said during your time having an eating disorder yeah I don't remember like (laughs) oh god this is gonna sound so like 2010s indie but I I didn't really like read a lot of like celebrity magazines or that kind of stuff I got most of my sort of eating disordery shit off tumblr um which was I never knew what tumblr was I never went on it or anything like that what is tumblr oh my god so tumblr was like this blog site so a bit like instagram right um except you don't really put up your own pictures well some people do but mainly you just like repost pictures so kind maybe a bit like pinterest i would say okay yeah yeah yeah. kind of yeah kind of a mix between like pinterest and instagram and then you sort of create your own blog of just posting other people's photos or sometimes like writing stuff um and there was a whole sort of area of like glamorizing mental illness and it would be like a black and white picture of like an emaciated body and be like oh nothing tastes as good as skinny feels or like whenever I get hungry I just smoke a cigarette or like something like that so yeah that was quite big at the time and I know other people um who suffered from like other kind of mental illnesses like there was a lot of sort of glamorization on there of like self-harm and scars and and just general things like that Evie that's crazy that really really is but the thing is like when social media went out I don't think the people who created social media ever saw it as a platform for negative influences on culture or the generation they maybe in their heads thought very very positive things about it but it it is a platform for people to promote all sorts of diet cultures, mental health illnesses, everything like that. So when you speak of Tumblr, I remember being on Instagram, very similar posts coming up, but you don't you don't see it as an illness. You don't see it as bad if it's on social media. Do you know what I mean? And um, completely. I'd like to like ask a little bit more about how you were in school with your friends so once you had gone through recovery I guess were your friends still calorie counting or things like that or could they see the effect it had on you as a person and that made them get better what was the kind of dynamic there that's a really good question to be honest I can't really remember I moved school after year 11 so I probably I got ill in year 10 and then probably had year 11 of of being in sort of active recovery at school and and afterwards um and then I moved schools so I and I'm not that close for anymore with people that I was friends with then I do remember sort of making the decision to maybe not spend as much time with certain friends who still talked a lot about 
calorie counting and, and things like that because I knew it would trigger me. And also, I I don't know if, if you felt this, but recovery is a really weird thing because you have to like really want to do it for it to work. Yeah. And a part of recovery, which makes relapse quite difficult, uh, quite sort of risky, is that you... I think I kind of felt a bit jealous of people that were still allowed to like diet or still allowed to talk about calories. And when I sort of felt a bit stuck in this world of recovery, I was sort of looking at it from kind of an eating disorder through an eating disorder lens. Like that's not a healthy sort of rational way of looking at things. So I think that was part of the reason why I like distanced myself from certain people, because weirdly I was a little bit jealous. I Yeah, I can... I can sympathise with that, Evie, I really, really can, because you're getting the help, again, maybe not realising that it's for the the best, and then all of these people are kind of going through what you had, and you kind of, it's quite, I wouldn't say it's nostalgic, but you're like, but I want that, because at the time yeah. you didn't realise it was a bad thing that you were going through, and yeah, I can really, really sympathise with that, and um, I had to distance myself from a lot of people and I moved schools as well, like straight after the eating disorder. And it did help because you have to distance yourself from these people, otherwise you will fall back through the cracks. And that's yeah. a really scary place to be. And also I think like moving, it's nice to be somewhere where you're then like like a fresh start and you don't want to be known as like the person that had an eating disorder and not that people were treating me like that but you kind of have that perception in your head or like I did and then moving somewhere new it was like oh no one knows about any of that so I can kind of start afresh. No yeah absolutely I think starting fresh is like it does wonders for people's mental health it's probably why I don't know loads of like billionaires whatever just buy houses away from their reality is because they need to get away from it so when I moved away it was like okay well nobody here knows me so I am going to portray what I want them to see do you know what I mean I don't know what kind of was one thing that um helped you but for me when I got to a certain weight so it was like a goal that I had so I loved running so the long-term goal for me was if I gain weight I and get to a healthy weight I can then do running again but it was monitored so I would only be allowed to like do one run a week or something for like a couple of months and then it would like gradually add up over time but that was kind of like the sweet treat you know what I mean so something to strive for did you have one thing that you were really striving for the exercise thing is really complicated and maybe we can talk some more about it uh because it it's always been really hard to separate it in my mind because I think I kind of see anorexia as like a an actual sort of like creature that lives in your brain and I kind of have a picture of it with these like long claws and sort of this like skeletal kind of body but I often find that like whatever you have it kind of gets its claws into it so it could be running 
say and I'm like I would go on like one run and that would feel great and I'd be like great can't wait to just do this just for the movement and and the enjoyment of it and then somehow like the eating disorder manages to get its claws in and it's like well you know you could go a bit further or you could go a bit faster or you could go a bit more often and all of this stuff yeah um so, so that was a kind of big tangent I think the biggest thing that was a motivator for me was like the independence um yeah. and not being like monitored and having the freedom to like go away and stay away from home and like uh like go on holiday or see my friends or like things like that so I think it was more the independence that I was like striving for yeah I, re- I respect that fully and like again I'm gonna I'm gonna mention it again when you're going through an eating disorder it's just all time consuming for everybody involved in your life and it it takes some real real dedication from you as a person and those around you to help you get through that so striving for independence that's really really adult if you know what i mean it's a really adult way of recovering because you're doing it to not only give yourself independence but to ease the weight off your parents so that's that's really really adult TV. <laughs> <laughs> I thank you um, I wish I saw it like that at the time at the time I was probably like you're ruining my life <laughs> and now I'm like god they really went through like a hell of a lot and I know that my um maybe both of them but definitely my mum found like a support group as well for like parents with children with eating disorders which I think she found really helpful um if if anyone's in that situation I think it it was a useful thing for her I've never heard about groups like that before but I think I can I can understand why it would be really really beneficial so Evie can I just ask like what is your relationship now with moving your body that is a difficult question I would say because I'm I'm definitely very active I go running a lot I like going to the gym I've recently started doing like aerial stuff so like aerial hoop and I love climbing and all of these things and it's really complicated because I want to just enjoy them for the sake of enjoying them but I'm sure anyone that has been through an eating disorder or even any kind of diet will tell you once you know something like what book was it that I read it in I think it was um Dolly Alderton's book and she talks about uh, having disordered eating in her life she's like once you know how many calories are in a boiled egg you're not gonna forget that as much as you want to and I kind of feel the same about movement in that like once I know that like once movement had been associated with my eating disorder it is quite hard to separate it and I really try to but it has to just be quite a conscious effort on my part but what I have found that can be really useful is I think actually I perform better in my movement say it's you might run further or you might lift a heavier weight or whatever it is you do so much better when you don't have like a little eating disorder thing sat on your back yeah um 
literally like I it helps me to sort of picture it like that because for me that eating disorder voice in movement when you're doing movement just means that you spend the whole time being like no not doing it well enough do more it's kind of like a sort of drill sergeant yeah um somebody be just being like one more ref one more ref exactly and it, it's difficult to talk about because some of the some of the sort of narrative around exercise is really fucked up and it is really like just keep going like yeah. stopping is for the week like da, 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 and that's really disordered to actually have a good relationship with movement it is much better to like listen to your body like literally just in terms of like say you want to run I don't know 5k you might but you you get so exhausted when you get to 4k but something in you says you have to run the whole thing if you actually just walked for like five minutes you might then be able to run 5k does that make sense yeah, like no, absolutely I think when you have the, you have to have some sort of drive to have gone to the point of being diagnosed with an eating disorder anyway because you keep on being like no 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 I can't I can't I can't so that's like you're very driven to stick to one thing so when it comes to exercise that voice is still there it's still kind of pestering you it never it never goes away you I will hands down say in my experiences I don't think anybody will ever 100% like recover no I, I was just thinking about this because I really wanted to mention um well two things just to jump off what you said you don't think that anyone will recover I I do agree but I remember hearing that at the time that I was ill and being like what the fuck well what like what's even the point so that that sort of idea of like you can't ever recover in when you're in the crux of an illness can seem so scary um but I I would just sort of be like you can but like you say you it's something that you have to sort of manage but that's not necessarily like a bad thing like the idea of being stuck in that like very ill stage forever seems so terrifying but that's not actually what we mean it, it's just something that you have to kind of exist with it's, it's the mindset you need to change your mindset to recover but sometimes it does creep in a hundred percent and I think it's sometimes useful to see it as like an addiction um the same way that people not that I have this experience but from what I've sort of read of of people in recovery uh from like alcoholism is it's it's something that you have to manage all the time but that doesn't mean that you are living any less of a full life it's just something that you need to sort of keep in check because it you don't it yeah it, it's just something that you have to uh, manage and live with what I will say that I sympathize with people in recovery from eating disorders for is that it's not like alcohol or drugs because you have to eat like mm -hmm. it's not something that you can just stay away from forever and the same with movement I, I think it's really difficult because you have the narrative in the world around you being like well exercise is really good for you it's important to move your body and like that is true so it's really hard to be like okay I have to manage my relationship with food and exercise but also I have to eat and do exercise to live a healthy life yeah um so it's kind of 
a difficult thing to sort of negotiate and oh yeah I guess I just wanted to acknowledge because we've been speaking about this um and talking a lot about like when we were maybe at our worst points or our lowest weights or, or whatever that I actually think for me anyway the hardest part of recovery is when you're not in like deep eating disorder anymore and you may not look like you have an eating disorder and I I think this is often the experience of people who are naturally in larger bodies as well that suffer from eating disorders like it's really really difficult when you mentally are really struggling but that maybe doesn't come across anymore in your behaviors or your body um I guess I just wanted to acknowledge to anyone who is listening that's maybe in in that stage that like I don't think there's much of a voice for that in the eating disorder community or recovery community of like it's really hard in the bit where like you just have to get on with normal life no like yeah Uh, now that you've mentioned that it's something that I want to bring up actually so like eating disorders it doesn't necessarily have to be about the weight itself it's about the mindset that you have so you could be slightly larger and then you go through an eating disorder but you're down to somewhat a healthy weight but you haven't done it in a healthy way that's still an eating disorder even if you're if you're still classed as a regular weight or your or your bmi is in the healthy if you're doing it in an unhealthy way that is an eating disorder and yeah and right now i don't look as though i've ever had an eating disorder but still it me i still face struggles sometimes sometimes i'm like looking at a cake and i'm like oh i really really want that cake i'm just like oh but you can't because you had a little bit of chocolate yesterday or something like things like that still happen even now but you have to like not let these demons get into you now because back then maybe they did have a little hold of you but you've obviously been able to recover and you're better than them you're better than these little monsters saying oh no I wouldn't because you've been able to recover the best you can and that's something that people should be really really proud of yeah and and same to you like it it's a massive thing to yeah to get through and 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 to live with as well and it's so hard I think this is my personal bugbear um but in a world where like if you didn't eat that cake someone would probably praise you and they'd probably say oh well done like you're so good or like I'm I'm so bad because I eat cake or like stuff like this just this like promotion of diet culture everywhere which is really tricky because you kind of want to say like no I'm not being good I'm actually succumbing to this voice in my head which kind of fucked up my life a little bit yeah Karen um (laughs) but like um but I would just say as well like like you said of people who who've lost weight but maybe not in a healthy way, but because they started in a larger body, they are applauded for it when it's actually like really damaging. People that started in larger bodies and then lost a lot of weight are often applauded for it, even though it's often through like dangerous and unhealthy measures. And I would say as well, 
this is just my personal soapbox but like one of the biggest it's, I don't want to say triggers but I can't think of another word but one of the biggest triggers for starting an eating disorder is dieting yeah. so once anyone starts dieting you automatically kind of create this relationship with food where it's it's not just food anymore it's has sort of a moral value to it and it's good or it's bad or it's something you know all of this kind of stuff which which often leads to eating disorders and it's not to say that everyone who diets will get an eating disorder but in my personal opinion there is no healthy way to diet like yeah fully dieting should be banned because it's just promoting eating disorders and you literally bang on the money there and it's really really scary because it's everywhere you see dieting books different types of crazes you know influencers everybody is sort of promoting this really really damaging way of losing weight and yeah it's just not healthy especially for people going through their adolescent years who maybe don't understand it there's different parts that of your brain that can trigger eating disorders and it's and it's actually like deep often dna and inherited and different brain chemistries but once you start messing up that sort of inherent trust in your own body by going on a diet that's one of the biggest things that can like like set you on the path for an eating disorder and I don't know if you find this but I just like feel like people just love diets like people just will defend them until their dying day and like even if you bring up the fact that that can cause eating disorders people are like oh no well they did it in a healthy way they lost weight in a healthy way so it's okay and it's like why are we obsessed with everyone losing weight anyway it's it's not in a healthy way it's it's crazy and it really really triggers me when people say that it is because it's not and maybe again that goes back to sort of being jealous that people can do this whole diet thing without maybe falling through the cracks maybe it kind of links to that but I don't know I I think it's um really really damaging and dangerous for people if I genuinely think we've covered everything that I kind of wanted to chat about and I I really, really applaud you and appreciate you for being so open about your eating disorder because it's something that does need to be talked about because I feel so many people go through it but not many people understand it at all. So thank you so much. No, and thank you for letting me rant on about how shit diets are. Um, <laughs> but no, no, thank you as well and, and for speaking out about it and being so warm and um, you're very easy to talk to about things. So thank you. No, oh, thank you, Evie. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, you should. Um, I just want to say to my listeners that there is help out there there'll be online help pages there will be um links to eating disorder help lines um for example beat is a really really good one and i suggest if you go to a gp if you feel like you may be going through or starting to go through an eating disorder but i want to say a massive thank you all for listening to the podcast 
a massive thank you to Evie for being in the podcast and I'll see you in the next one.